From the wilderness of Kodiak Island, Alaska, this is Murder and Mystery in the Last Frontier with your host, Robin Bearfield. In a land full of peril and vicious animals, humans are the most dangerous predators of all. Most people understand they face the risk of encountering wild animals when they enter the woods in Alaska. What people do not expect is to be shot and killed while hiking on a remote trail. So when a series of murders occurred in parks and on trails near Anchorage in the summer of 2016, residents demanded more information from the police. Were the murders related to each other? Was a serial killer stalking the city? Was it safe to go hiking after dark? And what were the police doing to solve these murders? Police remained tight-lipped and tensions rose. Welcome to Murder and Mystery in the Last Frontier. I'm your host, Robin Bearfield, and I'm broadcasting from the heart of the Kodiak National Wildlife Refuge on Kodiak Island in Alaska. Alaskans love the outdoors. We were either born in Alaska and from an early age spent time in the wilderness, or we moved to Alaska because we crave the great, wide expanses of nature the 49th state provides. Anchorage offers the perfect balance of urban culture and wilderness escape. It is a city full of employment opportunities, but only a few minutes to a few hours away from rivers to fish, lakes to kayak, mountains to climb, and trails to hike or bike. Anchorage city dwellers enjoy their hiking and biking trails, but they understand they take risks when they enter the Alaska wilderness. Black bears, brown bears, and moose all present a hazard to users of wilderness trails. Recently, a black bear killed a teenager racing on a remote trail, and a brown bear mauled three people hiking near Anchorage. Hikers and bikers remain vigilant when they follow a trail into the woods in Alaska. They watch for dangerous wild animals and keep their pepper spray handy. They scan for bears or angry moose. But they do not expect the threat to come in the form of a bullet shot by a serial killer. At 7.45 a.m. on July 3, 2016, a bicyclist riding along a trail by Ship Creek near Anchorage discovered the bodies of two individuals who had been shot to death. Police identified the victims as Jason Netter Sr., 41, and Brianna Fwasi, 21. Both victims were often homeless and had substance abuse problems. Police reports remained vague about whether the two victims knew each other or were even together when they died. Police ruled the deaths of Netter and Fossey a double homicide, and after reviewing surveillance footage taken near the bike path, they released blurry images of two unidentified men 
they characterized as persons of interest in the investigation. The police did not, at the time, release the ballistic results to the public, but investigators would later reveal that the weapon used in the murders was a 357 Colt Python revolver. Twenty-six days later, on July 29, 2016, near Brolin Street in Anchorage, three teenage girls having a sleepover were playing outside after midnight when they noticed a man who seemed suspicious standing beneath a light post. The girls went indoors to watch TV, and shortly after 3 a.m., they heard gunshots and looked out the window. They saw a man on a bicycle fall to the ground, while the man they had seen near the light post calmly picked up the mountain bike and pedaled away from the scene. Police were called to the scene on Brolin Street, where they found the body of 21-year-old Trayvon Kendall Thompson. Police soon learned Trey Thompson was good-natured and had a legitimate job. They could find no reason anyone would want to kill him. A surveillance camera near Brolin Street filmed the shooting, and although the killer was impossible to identify, police determined the shooter stood approximately 6 foot 3 inches tall. The three teens from the sleepover worked with an FBI sketch artist to create a drawing of the man they saw. Detectives did not release the sketch of the shooter to the public for several weeks. Police determined the weapon used in the murder of Trey Thompson was the same weapon used to kill Netter and Fwasi earlier in the month. They did not release this information to the public, claiming later they were afraid the killer would dispose of the gun and it would be more difficult to link him to the crimes. At 1.42 a.m. on August 28th, an unidentified female walking down a trail at Valley of the Moon Park in Anchorage discovered the body of 25-year-old Bryant DeHuson. Soon after the police arrived at the scene, they discovered the bullet-ridden body of a second victim, 34-year-old Kevin Turner. Turner suffered from schizophrenia and bipolar disorder and was homeless at the time of his death. He died while sitting under a pavilion often used for children's birthday parties. DeHuson was a well-known environmental activist in Anchorage, and he was riding his bike down a trail to meet a friend when the killer ambushed him. Police uncovered no information suggesting Turner and DeHuson knew each other. When the state crime lab learned the gun used to kill DeHuson and Turner was the same Colt Python used in the July 3rd Ship Creek murders and the July 29th Brolin Street killing, they conferred with the FBI's Behavioral Analysis Unit in Quantico. The Anchorage Police Department now felt certain they had a serial killer to apprehend. While both the FBI and the Anchorage police believed a serial killer was stalking the trails and parks in and around Anchorage, neither agency felt they should release this information to the public yet. The public was not even informed how Turner and DeHuson were killed. Instead, police released a public advisory warning people not to go out alone at night in city parks, on remote trails, or on deserted streets. The police refused to say whether they had connected any of the recent murders.
let me pause for a minute so I can thank the creative folks at the puzzle game app Best Fiends for sponsoring Murder and Mystery in the Last Frontier. I appreciate your support. In case you have not heard of it yet, Best Fiends is a fun, challenging game you can download and play offline. Don't let the bright colors and funny insect characters fool you, though. This is a demanding game, and it stretches your brain. I just conquered level 312, and I can testify the game gets tougher as you proceed. I've talked about how this game relaxes me, but it also sharpens my brain. When I fall into a plot hole while writing a novel or struggle over the best way to tell a true crime story, I find if I pick up Best Fiends and play it for a few minutes, it clears my mind and I can return with ease to my writing. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. People in Anchorage were edgy and irritated with the police for releasing so little information to the public. Nine people were killed on Anchorage trails, in parks, or on isolated streets between January and September 2016. In the same time frame, a total of 25 homicides occurred in the city. Citizens demanded answers, but the Anchorage Police Department and the FBI remained silent. Mayor Ethan Berkowitz held a press conference and stated gang violence was mostly responsible for the record-breaking number of murders in Anchorage. He refused to address the possibility that a serial killer might be stalking the parks and trails in the city. The FBI offered a $10,000 reward leading to the apprehension of the person responsible for the murder of Trey Thompson. But the agency did not comment on whether Thompson's murder was connected to any of the other recent murders. On September 12th, police finally released the sketch of the shooter made with the assistance of the three teenage girls who saw Trey Thompson's killer. The sketch generated more than 175 tips to the Anchorage police. Frustrated with the perceived lack of progress in finding the murderer of her son, Trey Thompson's mother, Mandy Primo, scoured homeless camps in Anchorage, looking for her son's killer. One day, she spotted a man near Alaska Regional Hospital who she believed matched the description of the person of interest in her son's murder. She called the police and told the detective she found the guy who killed her son, and she thought he had a gun in his hand. The detective convinced her not to confront the man, and nothing further came from the incident. No other murders involving the Colt Python occurred in Anchorage over the next two months. Early on the morning of November 12, 2016, Anchorage police officer Arne Saleo was called to investigate a taxicab passenger 
who jumped out of the cab without paying his fare. Officer Saleo spotted a man walking in the vicinity of where the crime occurred in downtown Anchorage, and he stopped to ask the man if he'd seen anything. The man did not respond to the officer, but kept walking. So Officer Saleo repeated the question over the megaphone. Suddenly, the man drew a gun and began firing on Saleo, hitting the policeman at least four times. Officer Saleo managed to get out of his patrol car and return fire. Meanwhile, another police officer saw the confrontation, and he also began firing at the man, who was finally killed in the gun battle. Officer Saleo was badly injured in the gunfight, but he survived. The man who shot Officer Saleo was identified as 40-year-old James Dale Ritchie. The gun he used in the shooting was the same Colt Python used to kill Jason Netter, Brianna Fossey, Trey Thompson, Bryant DeHuson, and Kevin Turner. Richie's killing spree finally came to an end. But who was James Dale Richie? James Dale Richie had been a star athlete 22 years earlier when he attended East Anchorage High School. He was an offensive lineman on the 1994 state championship football team, and he also played on the state championship basketball team. His high school teammates included future pro athletes Trajan Langdon and Mal Tosi. When interviewed after Richie was identified as a serial killer, Tosi said he was a happy, positive person in high school. It's shocking to me. Don Tech DeVoe, a former basketball teammate, said about Richie, he had potential to go to the NFL. He was a great athlete. In addition to being an exceptional athlete, Richie was a good student and did very well on his SATs. He was recruited by the University of West Virginia to play football, but he dropped out of college after only a semester and returned to Anchorage, where he got involved in the drug trade and dogfighting business. He was arrested several times in Anchorage, mainly for drug-related crimes, and spent two years in custody. In 2013, Richie moved to Virginia, where his parents lived, and he tried to straighten out his life and get back on track. After breaking up with his girlfriend in March 2016, though, Richie moved back to Alaska. In a bizarre twist to these murders, James Ritchie was best friends with a boy named Quincy Thompson in high school. And Quincy's nephew, Trey, was Ritchie's third victim. It is unclear whether Ritchie knew who Trey Thompson was before he shot him. And if police know the answer, they have not shared it with the public. Quincy Thompson was shot and killed soon after graduating from high school, and only one day before Ritchie headed to West Virginia for college. After Quincy's death, Ritchie fell out of touch with the Thompson family. Quincy's oldest brother, Bobby, the father of Trey, was shocked when he learned Ritchie was Trey's killer. He said he did not think Ritchie would recognize Trey, and Ritchie had no reason to kill his son. The soundless video footage from the night Ritchie shot Trey 
shows no indication Richie said anything before he killed Trey. On April 26, 2017, a spokesperson for the Anchorage Police Department stated the police had determined probable cause to confirm Richie was solely responsible for the five murders linked to his Colt Python handgun. And she announced the cases were closed. After her statement, neither the police nor the FBI offered more information about the shootings or the perpetrator. The press and public were frustrated by the lack of information provided by authorities during and after the investigation, including any possible motives for the crimes, pre-existing relationships Richie may have had with the victims, and any known activities of Richie in Anchorage before, during, or after the murders. Anchorage Mayor Ethan Berkowitz said he did not think police erred by withholding information from the public. I think it's a vast oversimplification to think the police should have compromised their investigation simply to inform the public about the course of their investigation, Berkowitz said. There's a real possibility the wrong communication at the wrong time could have jeopardized public safety. Neither a brilliant police investigation nor a stunning FBI analysis led to the capture of James Ritchie. A good deal of luck and the quick-thinking, heroic response by Officer Saleo ended Ritchie's reign of terror and allowed the citizens of Anchorage to return to their trails. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support it, I invite you to join the Last Frontier Club. Club members can unlock extra episodes, follow news on current murder investigations or court cases in Alaska, receive deals on murder and mystery in the Last Frontier merchandise, and more. To learn about the Last Frontier Club, please check the show notes for the link. I will be back soon with the next episode of murder and mystery in the last frontier.